Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck, and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are talking about lying and about children who tell stories, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of stories that are not true. <laughs> and then we're going to be also talking about honest communication and how to help them have good, honest communication and control the impulse to lie. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a fun family activity. So what type of a fun family activity could we suggest to people today? One that we did growing up, especially like as siblings, we would make stop action movies with our toys. A very popular one was with our Legos. Mm -hmm. And so we would take our Lego people, you know, we'd build a scene and then we'd have little, you know, we'd take lots and lots and lots and lots of pictures um, because that's what you do with stop action, right? And so you move them a little, take a picture, move them a little, take another picture, and then you put them all together and watch your story. And it's so fun. And we used to do it with stuffed animals with uh, like cars, the the castle figures, like our little figurines. Yeah. Oh no. It is so fun to do that. And and truly, if you want a family activity that could end up taking you the good portion of a night, you know, or maybe even a day stop action. (laughs) This is a, it takes a a time intensive. It's time intensive, but you can also like kind of build a little scene and then work on it bit by bit, right? Like a little bit each night or something like that if you wanted to. But I promise you, it gets so addictive. You get into it and you're like, (laughs) and then they do this and then they do this. And anyway, it's just so fun. Yeah, it is really fun. And then especially if you have the software to like put it all together into a video and then you can like record voices over it. Oh, that's even better. Oh, yeah. So much fun. So anyway, look at maybe doing something like that. Lots of iPads and stuff like that have software where you can do those kinds of things. You can take all the pictures right there on the iPad and then hook it into something and boom, boom, boom. There you go. So lots of fun. All Mm -hmm. right. So let's talk about lying. Lying is a super common problem. A lot of families face it. We're going to be looking at lying through the lens of self-government. So Paige, what's self-government? So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Right. So what we're going for here is self-regulation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Self-regulation, not just self-control, not just I'm going to pull back, but I know why I'm not going to engage. And I know what I'm going to do instead to solve my problem. I'm not just going to stuff feelings and, and, you know, hold myself back and feel like I'm going to explode on the inside. No, not about that. No, absolutely not. That is not good self-government. You may be restraining yourself, which is a type of self-control, but you're not Mm -hmm. regulating yourself. And when a person truly has self-government, then they can do self-regulation. And Mm -hmm. so we're going to be talking about how to regulate someone or how to help someone learn regulation when they've got a habit of lying, which can happen. So Paige, I know that people talk to you all the time and um, sometimes they bring up lying. What kinds of things have you been hearing about lying or do you see that people are facing with that problem in their homes? 
Yeah. So in fact, just recently I had a, a woman that come up to me. She's like, yeah, you know, my, my just turned five-year-old, she's, you know, she tells these stories all the time and they're super cute. I almost hate to stop her, but you know, then she will tell me at the very end and mom, this really happened. And, you know, I know it didn't happen. And so I've been trying to tell her just say like, oh, you know, just kidding at the end of the story. And she's like, no, mom, it really happened. And so she, you know, she thinks her daughter's stories are super cute and very creative, but it also spills over into normal day living. And it was just something that I was noticing, you know, as, as I was spending time in her home and, you know, I kind of brought it to her attention. I'm like, I don't know if you noticed, but your, your daughter is lying a lot. And it's about, Mm -hmm. you know, the smallest things, but she insists that they're true. And most of the time, just so that she can get her way or keep doing something that she, you know, knows might be wrong, but wants to continue doing. So what we have here is we have a a young one who has found a tactic. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's got a strategy. In fact, she probably has a pretty strategic mind, like a really quick mind. She's probably a really smart little girl. Yeah. And so she's got a strategy for how to defuse situations and how to just carry on and do her thing and not have to ever answer for her behaviors. And I'm not saying ever, I know probably this mother is an amazing mother and I'm sure that they're working, you know, on all kinds of things as a family and Mm -hmm. and even, you know, self-government things and whatever, but sometimes lying seems like its own little beast or, or storytelling seems like its own little beast. It's like, well, ah, what do I do with this? Well, and like, I even noticed like she was using it to try and manipulate, you know, me Mm -hmm. and her mom so that she always could get her way. Mm Mm-hmm. And it that's was really a lot of the time. I mean, it obviously didn't work with me. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, this is a common thing, right? So this is what, how she's using it for strategy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, lying is manipulation, right? right? So that's one reason. So let's talk about some of the reasons why people lie. I think that's important for us to understand. So we mentioned one manipulation or trying to be strategic about things. Okay. Another thing is to get attention. You know, when sometimes when people tell these stories, it's just a grandiose, just like, listen to me. I want to talk. I want to tell you something. I want you to laugh and giggle at me and make me feel like I'm the cutest one in the family, you know, or whatever, because I'm doing something so creative. And when this little girl in question, she is the youngest in the family. Okay. We'll see. There you go. You know? And so she's had a lot of attention because of that most likely because youngest children often get lots of attention. That's Mm -hmm. just how it is when you're a youngest child. And so then they find other little ways to continually to continue to get these like little cuteness awards, you know, where it's like, Oh, that's just so cute. It's so funny. And people laugh at it instead of correct it. And even if they know the other person knows they're lying, they stick with it because it's part of their act. It's part of mm-hmm. who they think they are in the family. They're the cute little one that gets the attention and they don't yeah. want to give that up. Right. Especially as they're getting older, they don't want to give that up. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, another reason that people lie is obviously to get what they want. Right. So if there's something that they want to have or they don't want to do or whatever it is, then they'll make up lies or stories so that they can get out of it and, Mm -hmm. or, or get something that they would like. Another reason that people lie though, and this is, is one people maybe don't think of very often is actually to decrease their anxiety. So they have anxiety about something and they think, okay, if I don't have to answer for it, then my anxiety will go away. Oh, it's the anxiety of like having responsibility for their actions. 
well, or we're just being found out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did mm-hmm. something. Yeah. And I'm going to be held responsible. I don't want to be found out. Um, or I, I want to make sure I keep my friends or, you know, whatever it is. And so they have this anxiety about what they could lose or something like that. And so they think, I, okay, I can't, I can't tell the truth because my anxiety feels so intense. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, they may not think of it quite in those terms, but they know yeah, they it might this... not click that way, but it's definitely making a chemical connection that way. Yeah, exactly. And so, but the funny thing is, is that they lie to try to decrease the anxiety, but in reality, that doesn't work. It always increases the anxiety because then it's like, now I have to not be found out about this. Right. So then it just builds and builds. And so then they're holding so much, they become very isolated Mm -hmm. because they are trying to control all the feelings around them instead of just be completely honest and control themselves in a way that that shows integrity. Right. So these are some of the most common reasons. Obviously there could probably be some other reasons, but some people experiment with lying and then sometimes it turns into a full on habit. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's certain ages where lying is super common. So, so page, a, a common age, if I were to say, what's, what's a common age when people lie most? I'd say probably around or close to eight years old. Yeah. Because, usually around like seven. It yeah. Starts. Cause that's where people, um, they start recognizing, Ooh, you know, I just said this and I got away with it. So their brain is starting to make those connections mm-hmm. and they're, you know, seeing what boundaries they can push or test, um, and that's when, you know, those, those logic things and, you know, that prefrontal cortex, you know, it's still developing, still getting that logic. And so they're, they're figuring out that those things uh, could be a possible asset for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are developmentally, lots of things are going on right at that time around age seven and eight years old. A lot of times eight years old is a lot of people have historically considered that to be, uh, I know back in the old days, at least like, you know, we're talking, you know, hundred or so years ago that people considered age around eight years old to be this age of accountability because all of a sudden it was this time where there was this developmental mark that you could tell you could understand understood the morals Mm -hmm. they understood what was right and wrong good and bad true and false and if the parents had done their job up until this time when they hit about eight years old then they knew that at that time they could hold their child completely accountable for everything that they did and that you know the decisions that they made so Anyway, um, it's really interesting to me that this is also the time when so many children will start experimenting with lying, right? At this time mm-hmm. of accountability. Well, it's also where a lot of like, different... it's almost like they get attacked more because like when they're littler, I mean, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, there's temptations, right? And when you're little and you're before an age where developmentally you could really be held accountable for your decisions, then you know, probably you're not going to get as many temptations to do things like lying is, is all of a sudden when you're at that age where developmentally your brain has all the pieces put together and now you're more accountable because you are more developed all of a sudden, I, I, you know, it makes me wonder if there's just more temptations that come around those ages too. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's a lot happening, uh, developmentally just physically as well. It's like your body is growing. There's a lot more things happening. Mm-hmm. So. yeah and and girls even especially start yeah. sometimes even getting into kind of like pre-puberty starts going around that time around eight nine ten mm-hmm. yeah I mean you know there's a lot of early bloomers there that, that can happen to I so mean this girl that about, we're talking about was only five 
And she's yeah, like so, a proficient liar. Right. And, you know, actually I started lying really early on. Um, I started lying around age six and I actually was, a, I hate to say the term, but a proficient liar. Yeah. That you were very um, skilled. <laughs> I was. Very because your terrible. brain is also very analytical. So you could think about things and then think about how you could circumvent yeah. them. I know I actually have a really strategic brain, which is why <laughs> I, the stuff with helping the foster children overcome behaviors and seeing patterns and put together the pieces in the right mm-hmm. places. My brain just does that automatically because I'm very strategic, but that strategic thing with the lying thing. Oh boy. That was something to be reckoned with. That was exciting. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you didn't know me then that was way back in the day. No, but I've heard. But, <laughs> yeah. But there was a lot of stories anyway. So, um, so that was a thing. Okay. That, that I had to deal with. So I started lying a little, a little young. And so is this girl, she's a little bit young that you're talking about that she's telling stories and lying. And some of it could have to do with birth order, because if she has older siblings, she's probably seen them experiment with lying. And she's seen them get away with things. Like she knows mm-hmm. something that's really true. She sees them say it a little different way. And she realizes, ha ha. Yeah. She has that's... an older sister who's around eight years old, who I'm, you know, I'm sure went through a bit of a phase when she was a bit younger too, but then there's a huge gap between that sister and the next child. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, her older sister's a little bit of a wild one as well. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're probably just really smart, strong-willed children, they are. you know? They are. Yeah. And at age eight, that's a normal thing. Oh, I'm going to experiment with this. And then little sister sees and she's like, oh, because mm-hmm. if she's smart, you know, then she's yep. going to pick it up. So they can start a little earlier. Um, sometimes children even can pick up the idea that lying's good from movies and TV programs because there's a lot of deceit that happens on there and people kind of like, oh, that was a sneaky thing to do. And then people mm-hmm. are like, oh, is sneaky good, right? And they, they're processing it with this very mature, you know, mindset, but, but also just, you know, here we're talking about birth order. She's the youngest. And so there we go. That could be also a thing, just the attention seeking and and stuff that she gets from it. So, but here, I want to talk about another time where lying um, becomes a a thing again. So, you know, lots of times at age eight or so we, we bump through lying and then parents hopefully do a good job fixing it and getting everything morally straightened out and, and holding the child accountable. And we're going to talk about how to do that. And then, um, and then they kind of like go through and, and hopefully maintain their integrity pretty good. If, if the integrity is part of your home culture, Mm -hmm. but then when they get to like around age 14, 15, guess what? Puberty. Yeah, they, they do. They hit puberty full on and they get kind of selfish and kind of lazy. And then they start (laughs) coming up with new strategies and guess what? One of the strategy things is lying here. It comes back again, you know, Mm -hmm. and they know it's wrong. They hundred percent know it's wrong. That's been drilled in, but they're just like, but I don't want to. Cause like my hormones are like, Mm-hmm. I, you know, making my body grow at rapid rates through the night and I'm tired and I don't want to get up, or I, you know, or whatever it is. And so then or because of, sudden, of puberty, they've, you know, started figuring out how their body works and, you know, things are like, mm, okay, can't tell mom and dad, you know, especially if like sexuality oh, stuff isn't talked about in the home openly. 
Uh, true, true. Yeah, th that's true because then they would be feeling like, well, now I know things about me that nobody knows about me and I better keep it a secret, right? And so, yeah. except for they, they don't like, understand. I've been told it's bad, you know. They don't like understand that. that mom and dad have been through it and right. mom and dad can help you go, okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, so there's a little bit more hiding. And sometimes it's like, Ooh, there's this boy that's cute. And I mm -hmm. like this boy or I like this girl. And then all of a sudden we're not telling mom and dad. And so then, then we get in the habit of, of keeping things to ourselves. And then we start mm -hmm. thinking lies are okay because they're now protecting us or we think that the lies are. Protecting well, and that's us. when you get into a different kind of lie as well It's just like, you know, the omitting information instead of just telling wrong information. Right. Right. And that's the more mature form, right? Yeah. Where it's like, well, technically it's true. If I say <laughs> this, you know, it's like, well, you could actually, you're strategically mention. planning out <laughs> yeah. how to lead somebody's brain in a different direction, which is called manipulation. <laughs> right. Okay. Like that's what you're doing. <laughs> and so it's the heart of it. Okay. Like the heart is I am choosing to lie. Okay. Yeah. So we do need to make sure Paige that we, that we do not call lies stories. Okay. No, because they're flat out lies. They are. Now, I don't think we label people as liars. I don't think no, like, you're a liar. That's, you're that's a, not you know, helpful. That kind of thing. But I do think that we don't make light of the lies. No, it's something that yeah. definitely has to be discussed. Um, and yeah. I know when we were growing up, like, I don't know if none of us really had ever had like a humongous problem with lying. Obviously, you know, we all tested the boundaries a little bit. Every but... one of you have tried it. Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Although I, I do have to sing a little bit of London's praises. Okay. <laughs> the person who lied the very least London. Okay. I will have to say so Quinn. Oh, he definitely tried oh, yeah. it. At, at all at both stages when people try it <laughs> and you did too oh I know I did at both stages yep. when people tried and I had to say okay Paige I, I know you know and you're like, oh, yeah but it was it was really nice yeah. because you're able to guide us through that and just because um we knew your history and you we knew that you wouldn't get mad at us mm -hmm. um you know when we were confronted with it then it was just okay let's have a talk about this you know, mm -hmm. and you, and you kind of spelled it out for us to like, okay, well, when you lie, you know, mom and dad can't trust you. And so therefore, because of that, you know, as cause and effect happens, you don't get to do as many things as you would prefer <laughs> because yeah. we can't trust you. We have to make sure that we keep the, the communication lines open. Right. Right. And that, and that as learners, as children who are learners, cause that's your role that you allow mom and dad to be the teachers, right. Mm -hmm. By openly discussing things and knowing that, Hey, guess what? Home is a safe place to make mistakes. We're not going to take anything personally. Right. We aren't going to get upset and angry about things. So yeah. So then we could have meaningful conversations and you were like, okay, mom and dad won't kill me. Like other kids say, you know, like we're yeah. going to be fine. Like it's, it's still scary to like, you know, maybe come forth, come forward with a lie or something that you've been doing that, you know, isn't right. But knowing that you guys weren't going to blow up in our faces made it that much easier. Yeah. No, it always is because you know what? It's hard to actually admit to yourself. Yeah. 
That's the big to be thing. like, okay, if I admit this, I have to like actually do something about it. Yeah. I have to stop. I, I actually have to recognize the guilt that I know I already have inside. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's guilt is a healthy inside. thing. Okay. Guilt is healthy. Guilty. Hel- feeling guilt helps us recognize when we've done something wrong. Well, it means our conscience is in the right tr- place. Yeah, exactly. It's intact. We're doing good. Yeah. So anyway, this is, um, this is a part of, of growing up and we have to make sure that we talk about it. Now I didn't talk about my lying with my parents ever, <laughs> literally ever, not till I was an adult. I was so far over it. It wasn't even funny how far over it was because I stopped lying at age 14. Let me tell you a little bit about my story of lying. So I, um, I had a bad problem lying. I started lying when I was six and no one ever stopped me. I mean, my parents talked about how lying was bad, and they talked about how you could, you know, become a lie monster. And I remember that story very well. And um, because you tell one lie, then you have to tell another one to cover it up and then another one to cover that up. And then, and all of a sudden you're basically just this web of lies and, and it's not. And so, and I knew that was true. I knew it because I'd done it so many times. Um, but I did have some insecurities a little bit when I was young. And so I would tell lies to grandiose, you know, tell stories, right. Yeah. And um, make impressions. Uh-huh, exactly. And nobody stopped me. Nobody ever stopped me. So I kept doing that. But then I started telling other stories too, right? So it was like, now I'm going to tell the teacher, oh yeah, uh, I'll go get that, you know, when really I didn't do it and I'm going to hurry and I'll go do it, you know, I mean, or whatever it was, I started telling little things like that. And, um, and then I started, you know, oh, well, I can tell a lie to get out of work. That's the one Porter went to when he hit 14. <laughs> he was like lazy. He, he would go in and do most of it, but then kind of just not really. I, say, I think I fell into that one a little bit too. Oh, is that super common? It's called a dishonest yeah. chore. And I think a lot of people <laughs> do it, but if it's not corrected, it is a disservice to that child. Mm-hmm. Because they need to recognize that they are being dishonest, even though they're technically doing it, right? Like they need to know. So that was kind of his thing. He he was pretty good. You and Quinn, I have to say, you know, um, you know, for whatever reason, you both needed to experiment more with lying (laughs) than your younger brother and sister. Your younger brother and sister probably saw you guys and went, yeah, there's no point in doing that. I don't know, but they learned a lot from our mistakes. Yes. (laughs) London never really wanted to go there that much and neither did Porter really until he got a little lazy. So, uh, anyway, so that's kind of where, where they're at, but you know, every child's different anyway. So I got into lying. It became a habit, literally a habit to the point that I would just start talking about things and making stuff up like all the time just to get attention, just so that I had something to talk about because I liked to talk because I was extroverted. And, um, well, and you were very good at crafting what you would say as well. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I really could. I was, uh, I was raised in a talking home where the parents talked a lot. Right. And so I talked a lot, everybody was talking a lot. And so it was, it was like a thing to have something to say, not mm-hmm. that, not that my family was lying because they weren't, but I wanted always to have something to say. So anyway, it went on until I was about 14 years old. And at age 14, I remember I was with a group of friends. We were playing something, probably basketball or something at my friend's house. I know there was a ball, a basketball. And, um, and I told a lie. And I remember I told this lie. And there was a moment when I knew they knew that all my friends knew it was a lie. Because they were now smart enough. They were wise enough, right? 
And they looked at each other and they, they exchanged these little glances. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, come to my house. We can do this. Da, da, da. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll ask my mom. OK. And so they all <laughs> ran off to somebody else's house and left me standing there with the girl who was putting the ball away. And the girl who was putting the ball away turned around, faced me with the ball on her hip. And she said, you know, Nicolene, we all know that you're a liar and we don't believe a thing you say. You should choose to tell the truth. And she turned and walked away. Ouch. I mean, that was like daggers <sighs> at my heart. Not only did I know that they knew, but now it was completely verbal. I couldn't lie to myself and pretend that they didn't know Yep. anymore because they did. And I'm so grateful to that friend. I am so grateful to that friend and to her mother who probably told her to say it, honestly. And um, because they were pretty deliberate people. And, and I'm glad. And in fact, because of them, I'm a more deliberate person. That family really changed my life in a good way. And I'm glad that I knew them. Anyway, so, um, so I went home and I went into my room and I tried to sort it out myself. And I pondered and pondered and I knew I had no friends. And I knew that even though I tried to stop lying so many times, I, was, I failed at it. And what was I going to do? And I prayed because my parents had taught me that's what you do, right? You pray, you turn to God, you ask him for help. I prayed and I asked for forgiveness, but I knew if I couldn't really stop the behavior, it wasn't going to really be done, you know, and over. And I didn't know how to do it. And I just went deep into my brain. I remember not even being able to see the world around me. I went so deep into my head and, and sorting everything. And all of a sudden I remember coming to a consciousness and saying, I am never going to lie again. And then, and then wondering how in the world am I going to do that? And then I said to myself, well, if I never talk again, I will never lie again. I'm just going to never say anything. And then I thought, oh no, I don't know if I can do that. Like, that's so hard. But then I went, wait a minute, that's it. That's it. Before I say words, I need to question myself. I need to make sure that what I'm going to say is true. And if I can know that it's true, then I can say it, but if not, then I have to have another plan. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what? I created a skill set for myself. This was one of my first skill sets, and it was called controlling the impulse to lie. And I didn't know it was a skill set until later when I did foster care, and I, I recognized, oh, that's what we call these things that I've been making for myself all these years. Skill sets, lists of things, basically strategies yep. for how to overcome problems. Okay. So here is the skill set for controlling the impulse to lie. And you could teach this to your children, or you can teach them another skill set, which is even easier, uh, which applies to all lying situations. And that is accepting a no answer. Because anytime there's a boundary or something you shouldn't do, like tell a lie, then that's when you accept a no answer. So the skill set accepting a no answer goes like this. You look at the person or the situation, maybe the craving to say something. Okay. You keep a calm face, voice, and body. And then you either say, okay, to like, no, I'm not going to cross over this boundary. I'm not going to lie. Or you disagree appropriately about it, which means you plan out and you decide, you know, what do I really need to say here? And then you drop the subject. So basically you keep calm. You tell yourself, okay, I'm not going to lie. And then you stop thinking about the lie. You just, you walk away, you forget it. Okay. So this 
this um, accepting and no answers is going to be good for tons of different uh, experiences that a person might have in their life. Lots um, where, and lots of situations. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can use this, that for, for helping a person, especially if you've already taught them the four basic skills of teaching self-government, which I talk about on my website and in all my books and trainings and things um, on teaching self-government.com. If you have done that, then great, you've got a skill set there you can use. But if you want, you can use this other one that I, I made for myself when I was 14, controlling the impulse to lie. And it goes like this. I recognize I want to say something. So I feel a craving. And when you are an extrovert, you know you have a craving. I don't know how introverts feel because I'm not one. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually more of an omnivert. I mean, I always have claimed extrovert because I have no problem being social. But I also do like to refuel in my quiet time too and other things that introverts can do. I can do both. I can just stay energized the whole time. Mm -hmm. whether I'm alone or whether I'm with people. And so I'm technically an omnivert, found that out later. But um, so I recognize this craving that my extroverted self gets, which is I, I want to say something. So that's step number one, recognize I want to say something. Step number two is tell myself, stop, don't say anything. Okay, wait a minute. We are not ready. Stop. So I feel a craving. Stop. And what I did is I would take a little teeny step back. Like I mean, physically. we're talking physically like a little teeny shuffle like you know maybe a couple of inches just move back so that i have told myself with a physical movement i am stopping i am not engaging because you know you get closer to someone when you're telling something yeah so if you pull back it it, it stops the telling for a second anyway so i took a little step back and then step number three is ask okay and so then i would ask myself a question this was for evaluation i would say this thing I have in my head that I want to say, is this the truth? And if the answer was yes, then, then I would move on. The next step is either say or walk away. Okay. Say or walk away or act deliberately right there. So I either say exactly the truth because I have recognized that thing. I want to say it is the truth and I'm going to say it exactly as it is true. Okay. Or walk away. If I know I have an untruth, I am craving to say, I need to remove myself. I need to go have a bathroom break. I need to go just move over and start talking to somebody else. I need to go get a drink. I need to do something. So I've got to walk away. And then the final step is to report. So then I was going to tell myself in my journal and in prayer to my heavenly father every night, how I did on this. Okay. I'm going to report I'm gonna, daily accountability. Mm -hmm, I'm going to hold myself accountable for what happened. So that's my controlling impulse to lie skill set. There are tons of skill sets. You could make a skill set specific to every single thing out there. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was for lying um, and for all kinds of other boundary issues, you can just also use the accepting and no answer skill set as well. So either one. Yep. And it works. fits right in. It's perfect. Yeah. So let's talk quickly about how to help your child who might be ha having a lie problem. Okay. Or a storytelling problem. So the first thing you're going to want to do is have a little parent counseling session with them. Yeah. And I talk about parent counseling sessions in my training in my teaching self-government course. And so you'll want to check into the steps for how to have a really good parent counseling session, but the, in a, it's basically a little one-on-one -on -one that you're going to be having and you're addressing one issue. And on this one issue, um, 
you know, there's definitely a feeling of comfort, open communication, safety and everything, but you say, Hey, this is what's been happening, you know, that I've noticed. So we've got a pattern. There's a little problem here. Um, so we've got to make a plan for how to stop it. And with Quinn, I did this and I never had to do it again with the rest of you. <laughs> because we, le- we heard about this parent counseling yeah, session <laughs> yeah and and actually it's not the ideal way you would do it with each person but we didn't have to because of what Quinn did so right. I had the parent counseling session with him and then I said what would motivate you to stop lying what kind of negative consequence would motivate you to stop lying and he thought for a second and then he said if I had to do 30 minutes of work every single time that I told a lie, I would stop lying. And I said, okay, I'll help you with that. You know? So we did that. And then we had a prayer after make sure we bring the Lord into it and ask for his help anyway. And then, um, and he earned 30 minutes of work a couple of times and that was it. But, you know, right after that parent counseling session, I mean, we're talking this like seven, eight year old boy. Um, <laughs> and so and he is no guile, right? So he yeah. just goes to all of you and he's like, you guys, I just had a special meeting with mom about lying, <laughs> basically telling you, listen, I've been lying. Okay. That, that didn't go through our minds, but yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> He's like, and, and so in our family, if you tell a lie or you do anything dishonest, it is 30 minutes of work. <laughs> and all of you guys were like, Oh, whoa. New family she, rule. <laughs> right. And it just held, it just held. And I didn't stop it either. I was like, it worked. Well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can, if, the, if that motivates everybody, we'll go ahead and just stick with it, you know, unless we see a problem that it's not working. And so from that time forward, whenever anybody told a lie or stole something or whatever, it was going to be possible restitution, but also 30 minutes of work. Yeah. And cause it was any kind of dishonesty issue. So then you've got to do and it worked really well. And what you do is you just do a correction, just normal correction, like I teach in the course, which has that seven step process, you would just do that normal correction. And then you would tell them that instead of earning the extra chore, which was going to be the normal thing for not accepting a no answer, because this one, you had made a special consequence for it, then it would also, then they would earn instead uh, 30 minutes of work, right? And they would need to accept that. So basically, that's what we did. And, um, and that's what you would do. You would just correct it every time. Now, also, if you have a child who's really habitual with lying, like I had a foster child who was, uh, she was a kleptomaniac. Okay. She was a diagnosed kleptomaniac with compulsive lying. Okay. It was intense. Her honesty issues were really intense. She had been severely abused and neglected. There had been a lot of things that happened to her. It was really sad. Um, why she developed these these things but anyway and that's um, a that's a fun cocktail combo right there well and she had other things too OCD and ODD and ADD and anyway there was a lot yeah. going on there um, but this lying thing was the, the hardest thing okay mm-hmm. and uh, and I ca- I purposely requested children with lying problems when they or foster well, children because how to help them analyze through it yeah well and nobody else wants them nobody wants a liar because it's so hard to help a liar right because you don't you don't ever know what what is straight but i did know because i had been a liar i'm like right. ah, 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 ah. no that's a lie <laughs> like i just i wasn't gonna go i wasn't gonna get sucked into any of it and and just let the, i wasn't gonna let it work because i knew if it ever right. worked they'd never quit because that's what happened to me yep. right and they had to want to quit so anyway um yeah so 
so this particular one that was, you know, such a struggle, she ended up making incredible process, progress um, by, you know, having a meeting with her and deciding to correct it every single time. But we didn't just correct it every time. We also decided to have a positive motivation because it was so habitual for her. It was so ingrained that if she, if it was a situation where she would normally have told a lie, but she didn't, and we could see that she told the truth, then I would just spontaneously come up to her and I would say, Hey, so-and-so you just told the truth. And I know it was the truth because I know all the details of that story. And instead of making up something a little bit more grand, you went straight for the truth. And so, you know what, I would, I would like to tell you, you've earned a positive consequence. You've earned something out of the treat bag or, you know, whatever it is, or they had point cards. So it was like positive points that I would Mm -hmm. give them on their cards. And, um, wow, that was good for her, you know, to have that too. So if you have someone who's really like clinically, it's to have a, a good goal to work towards instead of a punishment each time or a negative. Concept. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had both, you know, well, yeah. for her, but it was nice for her to get acknowledged when she, when she knew that, that praise took hard effort. It took a lot of effort mm-hmm. for her to stop herself from doing that. Yeah. You know, um, there was a time when, I never wanted anyone to know that I was a liar, right? Because a liar never wants anyone to know. Because it's like socially a shameful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And even when I conquered it, I I was like, you know, I I don't really want to talk about my (laughs) sins, (laughs) you know, my sins from the past and my things that, uh, you know, don't show good character. But I think every single person at one point or another gets the opportunity to come face to face with deceit and manipulation Mm -hmm. and lying and saying, Ooh, I could say the wrong thing right now. I really could. And I think we all, we all like try it out, you know, once or twice. And I think it's part of the human condition and some people try it out a lot. And I, I tried it out a lot and it, it ended up becoming a really big problem. Like literally a, um, a habit that followed me like the plague and I hated mm-hmm. it. It was heavy. It was hard to carry. Well, Cause if, if it isn't yeah. nipped in the bud, it's really hard to take care of later. Yeah. But so, I mean, it's never too late to address the issue. Right. Right. And so you need to, but you know, I have to honestly say now when I say I used to be a liar and I'm not, and I am so hyper-focused on honesty. <laughs> it's not even funny and truth and yes. everything like you are a beacon of truth for so many people now it's just it's like in my blood and so now when I I think of that and now when I tell people about it I feel like it's my it's like a flag that I wave it's like yay I did it right I did it when I was 14 sure I even had to fine-tune it for a little while after that right it takes time you go I mean even kind of years to not feel as much of that craving and then and then less and less and less and the finding no I'm always honest I beat it right I mean it takes a long time a lot of hard work a lot of self-government to not you know do the things that everybody else does to not say things to try to get ahead to get an extra coupon to you know whatever it is those little things that people do that are Mm -hmm. dishonest and and I just decided I couldn't be that person anymore and now it's one of the happiest things that I can declare I overcame a habit that was enslaving me and And it gives hope to a lot of other people too 
because when they when they look at you like oh Nick Lean Peck you know you have such amazing kids you're an amazing person you're like perfect and like, well <laughs> no not really you know I was a very proficient liar and they're like oh, what no Oh, I did all kinds of stuff, but that's why, (laughs) but that's actually why I can help somebody learn how to stop themselves because I actually went through that. So anyway, you can overcome anything. Maybe it's not lying. Maybe it's something else, but you know what? Lots of times in all the bad things that are holding us up, those things that are plagues to us that we carry that are heavy in there somewhere is a lie that we're believing or somebody else is believing or that we're promoting in there somewhere there's a lie so hopefully this has helped you and it can help your children too as you help them recognize what they're saying and what they should be saying to stop to question to observe those boundaries accept those no answers drop those subjects because they're not profitable to them really in the long run they hurt well that comes through government that comes through that honest communication you have to be willing to confront it and say okay we've noticed that this is a problem and we need to make a plan to fix it. If you're not willing to do that with your children, then that problem could last for a very, very long time. Yeah, it can. And it, it hurts a person. So it's worth stopping it. It's worth nipping it. Um, don't just laugh at the stories. Say that's because laughing, if you want to, if you want to do permissible. creative, if you want to do creative writing, let's write it down on a story and say, this is a story I made up. But if you're going to say that it's a truth, then you've got to be corrected right for it then Mm -hmm. you have to be anyway ah thank you so much for joining us on the teaching self-government podcast this has been a great talk about lying Mm -hmm. stories and good honest communication and how to get there so if you would like to find out more about self-government and about what you can do to help your family have that better open communication that you might be looking for, be sure to check out teachingselfgovernment.com. There's so much there. There's also a YouTube channel that I have. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but new videos come out every Loads single of good day. videos. So many videos and there's more videos there on lying too. So if that's something that you are struggling with and you are trying to find more answers to, then go find a video on it because there's even more that's there for you as well. Anyway, we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, Paige. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.